If Kenny Pickett can't go, that's not exactly looking great right about now. Who's going to take his place? Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. Mike Tomlin's press conference yesterday on the South Side was headlined beyond a doubt by the information that Kenny remains in the concussion protocol. That is different from the last time Kenny was thought to be concussed. He immediately was available the next day, the Monday of that week, meaning Kenny was, for interviews, and Tomlin made it very clear instantly that it looked like he was going to be on a trajectory to play the following week. That is not the way this week has rolled out. Kenny was not there on Monday. Well, he was there, but he wasn't available to reporters because of NFL regulations. He's still in the protocol. And then Tuesday comes along, still in the protocol. What does Tomlin expect to do Sunday in Charlotte against the Panthers? That didn't exactly result in a fountain of information flowing from the man. You know, that's what we spent the last 24 hours or so doing, familiarizing ourselves with with the here and now with this group, how they're dividing the labor up, how they're leaning on their strengths, what are some of the schematic things they're doing to minimize areas that they want to cover up, um, and how it's all coming together to produce a product. And who might be his quarterback if Kenny can't go? Yeah, that wasn't a fountain either. You know, I'm going to work both guys this week if, if given an opportunity, if he's not able to participate. But really, I'm taking it day by day from a quarterback decision-making standpoint. Um, his availability day-to-day is such a key component of it. And so I'm not even looking toward the end of the week. I'm really kind of just looking at what tomorrow looks like. But I got to tell you, you know, pushing for answers like this, hoping for answers like this, feels about as hollow as it can conceivably get for December football because this team is done as done gets. That's the result of what happened Sunday against the Ravens for anybody who'd still been clinging to anything related to the 2022 NFL season. And what we're left with now is wondering who's going to start in a completely, well, really, really close to completely meaningless game, certainly from the Pittsburgh perspective. So who will it be? And I'm tempted to just kind of say who cares, except that I think I kind of sort of maybe possibly pseudo have an answer to this. What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? Respect Rigor, relevance, that's the Point Park pledge. You'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported academically to graduate with career-ready, relevant skills. Visit pointpark.edu to learn more. Let me start with the who cares component. I say that because I haven't seen anywhere near enough from Mitch Trubisky or Mason Rudolph to say to myself, you know what? They, one or the other, could still be somebody's steady NFL quarterback. I I don't feel that. I'd love to be wrong. I I really would, especially with stuff like this. I don't like forecasting failure for individuals. 
but I've never felt that with either guy. I didn't feel it with Mitch when he was in Chicago. I didn't feel it with Mason when he was starting in place of Ben in 2019. And I certainly haven't felt it with either guy based on what we've seen in this calendar year in this setting. Maybe that's unfair to Mitch because he got pulled after four games. Maybe that's unfair to Mason, who's never even gotten a snap. Heck, he doesn't even get a helmet. But that is what it is. As the head coach likes to say, you've got to seize your opportunities. They can be few, and they very much can be unfair. That's the just the nature of that particular occupation. When you're out there, when you're in that huddle, you've got to understand every single sequence matters. And neither of them has gotten that done. I don't think anybody can argue that. I really don't. I don't think the biggest supporters of Mitch or Mason can say, oh, yeah, but when they've been out there, they've been terrific. They've earned a look. No, if they had, somebody else would have come knocking. No, banging down the Steelers' door when they needed a quarterback. How many teams around the NFL need a quarterback even just on a given Sunday in an emergency situation, and yet the Steelers are still, months later, sitting on their numbers two and three. There is a reason for that. So who should start in Charlotte? I'll repeat, who cares? However, since the decision might have to be made, the guy that I'm going with is Mitch. Why? This is ice cold, but so be it. He's got a two-year contract. Mason's on a one-year contract. It's not more complicated than that for me. Mitch is still offensive team captain, even with Kenny as the starter. So what you're doing by starting Mason ahead of Mitch is you're saying that this completely hollow event is more important to you than other decisions that you've made regarding Mitch being your backup, not just now, but quite possibly next year. Whereas Mason, unless he's completely lost his mind, is going to be out of here so fast, no one will even remember he was here once this season ends. So I'd be going with the guy that I believe has a chance, and a good chance given that he's signed to a contract, to be back in 2023. Why couldn't or wouldn't they keep Mitch? Well, first of all, even though he's getting the $7 million, that's not exactly a lousy rate for even an NFL backup quarterback when it's in the context of being a backup to a young guy. There's a very plausible chance that Mitch would see action in 2023 for one reason or another. So instead of going on some big search to find another backup, and then from there to find a number three or to draft somebody or whatever other silliness, Chris Oladokun-type silliness might cross anybody's mind, this is the way to go. Mitch has earned being this team's backup. Does that sound like a who cares entry unto itself? Yeah, it kind of does, but then, you know, it's quarterbacks. You can't help but discussing and debating quarterbacks. When we come back, J1Q.
Shot of Steelers is brought to you by our friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. They are the one, the only, the premier destination in Pittsburgh for craft beer. More than 500 craft beers available, more than 350 of those local, and more than 80 of those on tap. Mike's can't be topped, not for beer, not for the awesome kitchen and menu that's available, not for all the special events that are going on there. Check them out online at mikesbeerbar.com. Mike's Beer Bar, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Today's J1Q comes from Bill, who says, following the game Sunday, one of the Ravens, I'm not sure who it was, commented that you aren't truly a Raven until you've beaten the Steelers. What is a Steeler? Identifying as a Steeler in this case does not seem to count. Okay, Bill, uh, you're coming out firing today. Roquan Smith was the Raven in question. He said it both on the broadcast immediately afterward, and then he said it again uh, multiple times in the Baltimore locker room. It is not new. That is something they've been saying in Baltimore and in Owings Mills, where their headquarters and practice facility are, for years. You aren't a Raven until you've beaten the Steelers. That franchise, from the time the Browns moved there, has been founded on finding a way to beat the Steelers and ultimately, if you think about it, to be the Steelers. So many of the sayings there, so many of the patterns of behavior, the culture is modeled after Pittsburgh that it's actually a little unsettling at times. And I thought in the earlier years, it was outright weird at times. But once you get there and once you win and once you compete with the Steelers and once it's you and them and you and them year after year after year after year, although other teams will occasionally poke their heads up, you've earned it. You've earned it. You've earned the respect, and you've earned being called a rival, as opposed to just sitting there being the other team's nemesis. Now, since that obviously wasn't the point of your question, the last part was, what is a stealer? Here's the best I can do on this one, Bill, because they're they're easy right now. They're low-hanging fruit. The whole organization is. There have been some mistakes made from the drafting level, from the acquisition level, to the instructional level, to the deployment level. And, of course, never forget that it's about what transpires on the field, so it's also the execution level. It's not a good football team right now. It's got some healthy trajectories. It's also got some unhealthy trajectories, particularly on the defensive front. I don't believe that either of those, the positive on the offense or the negative on the defense, offsets the other. They just are kind of sitting right there. And I'm aware that there are people who are looking to make a wholesale change, get rid of the head coach. Uh, not just the coordinators, get rid of everybody all the way up and truly start over. To which, playing devil's advocate here, and I mean purely for the sake of playing devil's advocate, I always come back with, hang on, shouldn't this head coach be afforded one hard reset button at some point in his tenure here? Now, 
you can come back with, well, his reset point should have been after 2017 and 2018, and he blew it, and Kevin Colbert blew it by not reinforcing the trenches, by not recognizing the impact that it would have on the team losing that entire offensive line the way they did, never mind losing Ben Roethlisberger eventually. But the one thing I don't think anybody can dispute is that that reset button was never hit. Everything was go for the Super Bowl, go for the Super Bowl, go for the Super Bowl. Every summer into every fall into every winter, the objective never changed. Neither did the process of building the roster or building the team. Should they have jettisoned Ben years ago to hit their reset button? I don't think so. Do you? I mean, Ben had some of his better years in the late 20 teens, didn't he? So when were you going to do that? And why were you going to do it? This is the reset button. This is it right here in front of us. And for as many reservations as I have in certain areas about Tomlin, uh, particularly, again, when it comes to the whole roster building, team building thing, I'm not inclined to just say, hey, get lost. You don't get a reset button. Who are you? That, that's just that's just the way I am right now. Ask me again in three or four weeks and ask me again after we hear more of what their outlook is toward the coming off season. There's so, so, so many questions to be answered. I appreciate this one. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. Let's do another one tomorrow. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.